1: Good morning, I'm Nathan Hager.
0: And I'm
2: Amy Morris. Here are the stories we're following today.
1: We are now less than 48 hours from a government shutdown, and overnight, House Republicans did release a bill that would keep the government funded for a month while cutting some non-defense programs, but it's not clear that hardline conservatives like Florida's Matt Gates will support this bill. House Speaker Kevin McCarthy is losing patience. So
3: when they stop the bill from coming up, and, he, and if he votes against the continuing resolution, it's my fault?
1: And meanwhile, the Senate's debating its own bill that would keep the government open into mid-November. Bloomberg senior editor Bill Ferry says that's making things more complicated.
3: Right now, the negotiators on the House side uh, have not been coordinating any of their efforts with the negotiators on the Senate side. So any legislation that comes out from either chamber would have to be worked through the other. That's just very unlikely to happen uh, in the limited time we have left.
1: And Bloomberg's Bill Ferry says if they don't reach a deal by midnight tomorrow, federal employees who are deemed non-essential will be told to stop working.
2: And Nathan, the looming shutdown is drawing attention of CEOs around the world. We
4: spoke earlier with BlackRock boss Larry Fink. It's not about the new debt. It's about what we already, what Congress has already approved. I mean, it's, it's irrational from my vantage point. It's wrong from my vantage point. At the same time, it's political. And as we know, in politics today, it's, it, that creates the fear, in, in, and it's scary. <laughs> BlackRock CEO Larry Fink
2: made the comments in an interview with Bloomberg's Danny Berger. Get that full conversation on the Bloomberg Talks podcast feed, available wherever you get your podcasts.
1: And Amy, Fed officials are weighing in on a possible shutdown as well. Richmond Fed President Thomas Barkin spoke with our Michael McKee.
4: We have a lot of workers who are employed by the government, and of course there are a lot of citizens Uh, who they serve, and this just creates uncertainty. And so I don't have any insight into how long this will last or what will actually uh, happen. But, uh, you know, as it plays out, there absolutely are
1: implications. And Richmond Fed President Thomas Barkin does not vote on rate policy this year.
2: And we heard from Jay Powell, the Fed chair, says the central bank's ability to influence the economy depends on whether its message is getting across.
5: One of our goals is to influence spending and investment decisions today and in the months ahead. That will only be the case if people understand generally what we're saying and what it means for their own finances.
2: Powell made the comments at a town hall with teachers in Washington. The Fed chair did not comment on his outlook for rates or the economy.
1: Okay, let's turn to markets once again, Amy. This is the final day of the third quarter, and despite today's rise in futures, stocks are headed for their worst month in a year. Global shares are down more than 4% in September. As Bloomberg Markets reporter Valerie Teitel reports, the downfall can be contributed in part to the bond market
6: been a tumultuous month for global fixed income, all led by treasuries. We've seen the 10-year yield and the 30-year yield in the U.S. rise some 50 basis points, and that's what's caused you know equity markets around the world to, to really uh, have a bumpy month, not just the S&P, but uh, stocks in Europe, stocks in Asia also headed for their
1: worst quarter this year. And Bloomberg's Valerie Titel says yields on 30-year treasuries are on track for their largest quarterly jump since 2009. Sticking with markets, we got some
2: earnings news this morning. Shares of Nike are on the move in early trading. The sportswear giant reported a drop in its stockpile of inventory. Analysts say it's a sign Nike is making progress in moving out older merchandise for newer, more profitable items.
1: As for companies overseas, Amy, the French offices of chip giant NVIDIA have reportedly been raided. The country's company Petition Authority says investigators searched the offices of a business suspected of, quote, anti-competitive practices in the graphics card sector. While the statement does not name the company in question, two media outlets have quoted sources who say NVIDIA was the target of the operation.
2: Back here in the United States, Tesla has been sued by the U.S. Equal Employment Opportunity Commission. The civil rights agency alleges the electric vehicle maker has created a hostile work environment for minorities at its California factory.
1: As for the big three automakers, Amy, it is day 15 of the United Auto Workers strike. And later today, we could see more union action. The UAW says it'll announce how it plans to expand its strike against Ford, General Motors and Stellantis. Meanwhile, Bloomberg News has learned the union wants to emerge from this strike with at least a 30 percent pay raise. More on that from our Detroit Bureau chief, David Welch.
7: You know, they have a big number and it starts with a three. You know, even if it's 30, maybe it's 32. They're at 36 with their latest offer. You know that- they'll be able to hold it up as a flag of victory and a good and a great marketing message. That's where they are. Um, now, do they settle at 30? Yeah, you know, we'll see, right? because there are a lot of items on the table, and there are going to be horse trading going on.
1: And Bloomberg's David Walsh says the union originally asked for a 40% pay increase.
2: Some economic news overseas this morning. The U.K. economy was 2% bigger in the second quarter than previously estimated. The upward revision means Britain is no longer lagging every other industrial nation in its recovery from the pandemic. Germany and France are now at the bottom, with the U.K. third to last.
1: And in Asia, Amy, the Bank of Japan announced an unscheduled bond purchase operation, reminding the market of its determination to manage the upward momentum in sovereign yields. The BOJ purchased $2 billion, of five- to 10 year bonds. And with a look at some of the other stories making uh, news around the world and in New York City, here's
7: Bloomberg's Michael Barr. Thank you very much, Nathan. Police in New York City have made another big drug bust. Officials say more than 40 pounds of fentanyl was discovered in the Bronx at an apartment about six blocks from the daycare where a one-year-old boy died from fentanyl exposure. Prosecutors are planning to charge suspect Juan Gabriel Herrera Vargas with operating as a major trafficker, criminal possession of a controlled substance, and criminally using drug paraphernalia. Authorities also say Herrera Vegas carried the drugs onto the city's subway system. Frank Tarantino is with the DNA.
3: It is the most Reckless and most irresponsible thing that traffickers could do is move this poison on the public transportation system.
7: Frank Tarantino with DEA, the street value of that fentanyl, $1.5 million. An appeals court has rejected Donald Trump's bid to delay a civil trial in a lawsuit brought by New York Attorney General Letitia James. The decision allows the case to proceed days after a judge ruled the former president committed years of fraud and stripped him of some companies as punishment. Trump is listed among dozens of possible witnesses setting up a potential courtroom showdown with the judge whose fraud ruling threatens to upend his real estate empire. New Jersey Democrat Bob Menendez told fellow senators that he's not leaving. Menendez is facing bribery charges that led to loud calls for his resignation. The embattled, indicted senator emerged from a closed-door meeting with fellow Democrats and told reporters he'll continue joining his colleagues in casting votes on the Senate floor. I will
3: continue to cast votes on behalf of the people of New Jersey. as I have for 18 years. And I'm sure when they need those votes, they'll be looking forward for me to cast those
7: votes. Menendez says he will be exonerated. Heavy rain threatens travel in the tri-state area. The system today could bring more than five inches of rain causing flooding. Global News 24 hours a day, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts over 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr.
1: This is Bloomberg Nathan. Be on the lookout for that. Mm. Thank you, Michael. Now, we bring you news throughout the day here on Bloomberg Radio, but now you can get the latest news on demand whenever you want it. Subscribe to Bloomberg News Now to get the latest headlines at the click of a button. Get informed on your schedule. Listen and subscribe to Bloomberg News Now on the Bloomberg Business app, Bloomberg.com, Apple, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. Time now for the Bloomberg Sports Update
8: brought to you by Tri State Audi. Here's John Stashauer. Thanks, Dave, In the 44th Ryder Cup underway this morning in Rome. The U.S. had the dominant 19 9 victory two years ago in Wisconsin, but hasn't won in Europe. Since 1993, and things are not going well for the U.S. Right now, the European team has won two matches and leads the other two. Detroit Lions lead the NFC North, went to 3-1 and with a 34-20 win at Green Bay. Lions dominated the first half. They were up 27-3. They dominated on the ground, rushing yards in the game, 211-27. David Montgomery had 121 of those yards. He scored three touchdowns. The next two primetime games are both at MetLife. Starting with the Jets and Chiefs on Sunday, hard to find more of a quarterback mismatch than Patrick Mahomes versus Zach Wilson, who responded to the comments made on ESPN Radio by Joe Namath, the Jet icon who turned Wilson's QB play disgusting.
6: Obviously, Joe was an unbelievable player, but this locker room is very tight-knit, and we're working to get better. I'm working to get better. I know I need to improve, and I promise I'm doing everything I can to keep trying to get better. And so... Um, The focus is just to uh, rely on each other in this locker room and
8: lean on each other because that's all we got at the end of the day, and we're going to do everything we can to keep them through. Giants play at MetLife Monday against Seattle. After the Yankees had two shutout wins in Toronto, the Blue Jays blanked the Yanks, 6-0 By Chris Passett. A Met last year, he's won 16 for the Blue Jays. The Mets led the Marlins 1-0 to the ninth inning. Miami scored twice to take the lead, and then the rain came. They had a delay of over three hours and couldn't finish. If the Marlins need to finish to determine who makes the playoffs, they'll have to come back to Citi Field on Monday, likely to play just a half an inning. John stash
3: Allen, Bloomberg Sports. Success is more than the final destination. It's a path you take one step at a time. It's discipline. It's teamwork. And it's the drive and passion inside of us that comes before all recognition. It's what Stiefel's been doing for over 130 years. And that is where success meets success. Start your journey at steeple.com That's S-T-I-F-E-L.com.
1: Steeple Nicholas and Company Incorporated, member SIPC
0: and NYSE. What could you do if your data was working for you and not against you? With Bloomberg delivering enterprise data directly to your systems, you get easy access to the details you want, optimized for higher level analysis, and financial data experts committed to helping you maximize your every move. Our data is made for more, so you can show the world what you're made of. Visit Bloomberg.com slash enterprise data to learn more.
7: From coast to coast, from New York to San Francisco, Boston to Washington, D.C., nationwide
1: on Sirius XM, the Bloomberg Business App, and Bloomberg.com. This is Bloomberg Daybreak. Good morning, I'm Nathan Hager. The U.S. government is fast approaching another shutdown unless Congress enacts a temporary spending bill before the new fiscal year starts Sunday. For his take on the shutdown and what it means for markets, Bloomberg's Danny Berger spoke with Larry Fink, the chairman and CEO of BlackRock, at the Global Dialogue Forum in Berlin.
6: We're 44 hours away right now from a U.S. government shutdown. They've been unable to come together on that. I mean, they're...
4: Yes. What do you want me to say?
6: I'm not in favor of, of
4: a shutdown. <laughs> <laughs> okay, they, good, they're, not, they're not listening to me. Uh, uh, but no, that, you know, I think that is, um, I think a shutdown uh, for a country that, is, that has $33 trillion of debt, that is not a good outcome. When you have that type of debt, what are we telling the lenders? of the US Treasury market are owned by non US entities, whether it's individuals in a bond fund, corporations, pension funds, sovereign wealth funds, central banks. That is not, I mean, can you imagine you go to your bank and say, I'm not paying my mortgage. I mean that's what we're doing, and it's not about it 's not about the new debt it's about what we already what Congress has already approved i mean it's it's irrational from my vantage point it's wrong from my vantage point at the same time it's political, and as we know in politics today' it's, it that creates the fear and 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 it's scary.
6: Mm-hmm. And we've seen rating agencies react. Moody's put out a note basically saying a U.S. government shutdown would be bad for American credit. Are, are, we, are we still in a place where a default is likely? I know the shutdown is separate from that. But if that's the track we're headed on, is a default still possible for the American economy? Well, let's hope not. <laughs> that is an excellent answer. Okay. That is an excellent <laughs> answer. <laughs> um you know, at the same time, going back to this idea of, of decarbonization in the world, we have had many funds have to pull back from ESG funds. I know you felt under pressure as well, and we talked about this. Mm-hmm. But in an election cycle, do you fear those attacks, those very specific attacks, get worse?
4: As I said, we're hearing from more investors that are looking to put more money in, in decarbonization. We believe that we have to, we as a world have to rapidly find the new technologies to bring down the competitive right. premium. So, yes, we are going to, ha- you know, and I said I'm not using the term ESG anymore. And the, the main reason why you may have a different opinion what ESG does, everybody has a different opinion. It is, it is, it, but if we want to talk about, you know, s- sustainability and decarbonization. Um, I, I don't believe. Okay. And here's, a, here's an amazing thing that, uh, already. And So much of the attack on sustainability and decarbonization comes from what we call our red states. If you look at the most recent data where all the IRA money is going, I think it's like 60% of the money is, are going to the red states. Mm. And so if you think about Texas right now, and Texas is an amazing state. It is the number one state in hydrocarbons, everybody knows that, but it is the number one state in America for wind and solar. Right. Well, it had 50 days of temperature around 40 degrees in a row this summer. Yeah. 50 straight days in Austin, Texas. And for the first time, they had no blackouts because of wind and solar this year.
6: So the other angle to this, also in the middle of an election year, is this is kind of the first AI election when we have mass use of of artificial intelligence, the potential for misinformation to increase. Yes. Does that concern you?
4: I think AI has tremendous uh, potential. It's going to change how we work, how we live. It also has a potential of creating uh, real fears and problems. And so, you know, as, as we have heard from the, the, the men and women who are deeply involved in it, there needs to be structure. Governments worldwide need to get in front of this. This is moving so rapidly. But let's be clear. Every company, every board we
1: talk to is aggressively focusing on how can we navigate And that's the chairman and CEO of BlackRock, Larry Fink, speaking with Bloomberg's Danny Berger from the Berlin Global Dialogue Forum in Germany. And now we want to bring you a conversation with the former vice president of the United States, Mike Pence, who's, of course, now running for president in 2024. He's accusing his former running mate and now frontrunner in next year's race, Donald Trump of abandoning his commitment to low taxes. Pence says Trump's proposal for a 10% universal tariff would cost American jobs and worsen inflation. Mike Pence spoke with Bloomberg's Joe Matthew and Anne-Marie Hordern about his frustrations with former President Trump.
5: When Donald Trump came down that escalator, uh, he told the American people he was gonna make America great again. The first person to say make America great again was Ronald Reagan. And in that campaign, whether it was a commitment to conservatives on our courts, a commitment to cut taxes, a commitment to rebuild our military, Donald Trump promised to govern as a conservative. And I believe when he chose me to be his running mate, there was evidence of his seriousness about that. And for four years, we did govern as conservatives. Uh, We kept our word. On the world stage, we stood with our allies. We stood up to our enemies. Uh, we, uh, we, We advanced the largest tax cuts in American history and, of course, appointed conservatives to our courts at every level, including three of the justices that gave us a new beginning for life. But what I want people to understand is that that Donald Trump makes no such promise today. Whatever whatever his rhetoric was back in the day, and his rhetoric has remained the same, the policies that he's advancing now, uh, which include a 10% tax on all imports into the United States that the Tax Foundation said would cost 500,000 jobs, is directly opposite of our administration. Administration and the Reagan legacy of cutting taxes for individuals and businesses. The way the president is joining a chorus in the party of uh, embracing appeasement and isolationism, and and from supporting uh, Ukraine in in their in their battle against uh, the the, uh, unconscionable Russian invasion. That's not consistent with the way that we stood strong with our allies. We stood up to our enemies. Turned our armed forces loose to take down ISIS. We actually armed. Forces the United States took out a hundred Wagner Group Russian military personnel in 2018 in Syria. We stood strong on the world stage, embraced our role as leader of the free world. Of course, lastly, just on the right to life, just in recent days, the American people have heard the president literally criticize states that enacted strong pro-life protections from the moment that an unborn yeah. child experiences a heartbeat, and and he's made no commitment to support protections for the unborn at the national level, that coming from the leader of the most pro-life administration in history. That's what I mean when I talk about uh, the president and some of his imitators walking away from that timeless conservative agenda. But if I'm president of the United States, the American people can be confident. I'll lead uh, as America on the world stage, being the leader okay. of the free world. Uh, we'll lead pro-growth policies here- and we'll balance our budget and stand for life. What should Donald Trump answer to?
1: Would it be the trillions in debt that he added uh, to the nation and left behind? Would it be his
5: legal challenges right now? What What is it? Well, I, I, look, I think he ought to be there. He should have been there last night. He should have been there at the first debate. Look, this is no one is entitled the nomination of their party. And frankly, Donald Trump continues to campaign as though he were the incumbent president. But but think about this. Uh, he's, he's campaigning as an incumbent, but he has less than 50% support of republicans that means half of republicans are looking somewhere else i, I think he owes it to our party to step forward and answer the questions and uh, they can be on those issues but for my part uh, for my part i think the president ought to explain while having passed the largest tax cuts and tax reform in history he now advocates yeah. what would be the largest uh, a proposal of tariffs a 10% tariff on all imports literally since the Herbert Hoover administration uh, and and why the president, after we rebuild our military, stood strong on the world stage, is now joining a, a chorus of isolationists in the party saying that that support for the Ukrainian military is not sustainable and joining others who were on that stage last night who would be fully prepared just to let Vladimir Putin overrun Ukraine. And of course, as I said last night, if, I think if Putin grabs Ukraine, that just gives a green light uh, to, to Xi Jinping. to move against Taiwan. Mm So I think we achieve peace through strength, and I think the president ought to be willing to step up and explain why why he's changed his mind about America's obligations, about leader of the free world, and and why he's changed his mind on such a fundamental uh, issue as taxation. This is Bloomberg Daybreak today, your morning brief on the stories
1: making news from Wall Street to Washington and beyond.
2: Look for us on your podcast feed by 6 a.m. Eastern each morning on Apple, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your podcasts.
1: You can also listen live each morning starting at 5 a.m. Wall Street time on Bloomberg 1130 in New York, Bloomberg 991 in Washington, Bloomberg 1061 in Boston, and Bloomberg 960 in San Francisco.